0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Malicious Compliance. So, some of you might be able to tell we're still dipping into the holiday cheer here at the uh, Uncle Reddit household. Somebody convinced me, I don't know, I might have convinced myself, who knows, to uh, put on one of the dress-up hats. Some of you may or may not know. Oh, look, cat hair. Shocker. (laughs) Some of you may or may not know that we also have a daycare here at the house, so we have dress-ups. Last night I had the Santa hat on uh, for Christmas. Tonight, I don't know what this is. It's some sort of combination between Amish, Quaker, Mennonite, cowboy, I don't know, whatever it is. But anyway, it works. I also don't have a set of headphones on because if I make one more wrong turn in this chair, I'm probably going to end up stringing myself up, so... Anyway, hope you guys are having a great holiday season. Haven't touched this channel or the other channel in about a month. Except last night I did uh, Tales from Tech Support for Christmas. So, uh, you guys, sorry to say, get leftovers. You're the day after Christmas. But Merry Christmas to you anyway. Happy Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Celebrate it with family. Stay safe. Enjoy. All right, let's read some stories. And... Dumbass me didn't set up the slideshow, so let's fix that and we'll come back. Alright, okay, now we got that working. You shouldn't take that much sugar. This is actually my father's malicious compliance. I was telling the story today and thought it'd be a fun short one for this sub. My grandmother used to be a bit of a nitpicker. My father has a sweet tooth and a genetic disposition for rebellion. My parents would visit my grandparents often. Now, my father drinks his coffee with quite a bit of sugar, and that annoyed my grandmother, a.k.a. his mother-in-law. And just because it did annoy her, I'm sure he took more sugar than usual when he was visiting. The coffee was always served with a cup of sugar and a teaspoon in it. One day, my grandmother had apparently had enough of his overusage of sugar, so she told him in no uncertain terms that he was to have one spoon of sugar in his coffee and not more. My father decided it was time for some old-fashioned malicious compliance. So he got up, walked to the kitchen, got himself a tablespoon. He returned to the living room, put as much sugar as possible on that tablespoon, and dumped the entire load into his coffee. I only wish I could have seen my grandmother's face when it happened. <laughs> Dude, we've got some huge serving spoons here that I would have gladly used. Uh, pretty much holds about the same amount as the cup that holds the coffee. So pretty much at that point, it's just, uh, I don't know, coffee-tinted syrup. We have a slight ongoing battle with my twins over that very issue in this house. They make coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. Never have been. It's just one of those things. I don't know if it skips a generation every so often. I'm a Gen Xer, and yeah, coffee wasn't that big a deal. Uh, Not for me, anyway. My parents, my kids, sure. Me, for some reason, not so much. But my boys like to brew a pot of coffee a couple times a day. Very cool. Not a problem with that. Uh, One of them drinks it normal. You know, some sugar, some cream, some flavoring, whatever. The other one, he seems to think that um, he should pour the sugar in until his spoon can stand up in his cup of coffee. Um, I don't understand why. So there's a difference to me. Being that guy, I'm I'm just like grandma here, just hairier. Anyway, in my opinion, you know, two spoons, three spoons, whatever, that's fine. If I was drinking coffee, I'd probably put a little extra in myself. But, you know, when you start using the big, like three quarters cup scoop out of the sugar bin <laughs> that you're using to fill the sugar container for making coffee, um, that's a bit excessive. What do you think? Oh well, next one. A teddy bear plays Monopoly. My dad's philosophy growing up was to not let us win at games. We had to be good enough to win on our own. This inspired a lot of competitiveness between me, my siblings, and my cousins. One Christmas in the mid-90s, my cousin, my brother, my dad, and I were playing Monopoly. My brother was probably eight at the time. My cousin and I, twelve. Twelve. We had a family rule that if you weren't at the table when it was your turn, you got skipped. If someone landed on your properties, they didn't have to pay you. My brother had just purchased Park Place and Boardwalk, and the rest of us were a roll or two from them. My brother's bladder is full to bursting, so he grabs my cousin's three-foot teddy bear, puts it in his seat, and says the bear is playing for him. We know my brother doesn't want to miss out on what we considered a big payout for rent on either, but our dad, who always still wins, complies with my brother's statement that the bear is playing for him. The bathroom door is barely shut behind him when my dad picks up the dice, as it's his turn, and begins negotiating with Mr. Bear for my brother's properties. (laughs) My cousin and I lose it, laughing until we're crying. As soon as we hear the toilet flush, my dad completes his business dealings with Mr. Bear and rolls, finalizing the negotiations. My dad gave my brother back his properties and took his money back, but never again has any stuffed animal been substituted into a game because we all knew exactly how maliciously compliant everyone would be from then on. Yep, I'm not, I try not to be too brutal with kids on games, but at the same time, the whole purpose is <laughs> you're playing to win. Uh, am I gonna beat them up? I try not to. But at the same time, you don't hand them the game, they don't learn anything from being handed the game. They need to learn how to play the game. And how to get skills so that they can win the game. Whether it's Parcheesi, show my age, shoots and Ladders, Uno, Go Fish, Gin Rummy, Rummy-O, which is rummy with the little tiles. I mean, whatever. You, you gotta learn. My wife's still mad because I'm still teaching her how to play games, but that's another story. Complain to whomever I want? You bet. Hi all, it's my first post here. Also, English isn't my first language, so please forgive any mistakes. Some background. You can also read the Am I the A-Hole post on my profile. The last school year has been challenging for me at work. I'm an English high school teacher, not in the U.S., and the work environment at the school has been going from bad to worse as the school year progressed. Our principal has created a very hostile and toxic work and learning environment that has made many young teachers leave, even at the start and middle of the year. Very uncommon in my country. I, 32 male, and many of the other teachers have felt bullied and oppressed. Our complaints went unheard and ridiculed, with the principal targeting many of us, young and experienced teachers alike, for public shaming sessions, and my turn came last week. I asked for a meeting with her to discuss my desire to go back to university next year to complete my thesis, which would have resulted in me taking Tuesdays off. All teachers in my country get a day off, which is usually for us to choose. As soon as I walked in, she called the pedagogical administrator. What the hell is that? And they both started a 30 minute shaming session. I was told that I'm a lousy teacher. My classes are boring. They never attended any of my classes, that I have conspired to ruin English teaching at our school and that students, parents, and other teachers and administrators have been complaining about me. She wants teachers to work full time, which she knows I plan on doing anyway and have been asking for it for two years and advised me to take a break from teaching, unpaid leave. I was shocked and speechless. In my three years at that school, I received only praise from everyone I worked with. My students, their parents, and colleagues loved me, to which I have written proof. The following day, I went ahead and turned in my notice. She called me a liar. (laughs) I told other teachers what happened as they saw me coming out pale and on the verge of tears out of their office, and said that I couldn't take criticism. She has also started lying about me to colleagues and other school principals. They all know me and told me. She also told me to complain to whomever I want. Q malicious compliance. Following excellent advice I got on am I the a-hole, I waited to file the complaint until I secured a new position. However, I decided to follow that last bit of advice from her. I sent it to whomever I thought might be interested. The Regional English Teaching Inspectorate. The Regional General Inspectorate the teachers' union, and any other official inspector I knew in my country's ministry of education. And the best part? Every teaching colleague and program in a 200-kilometer radius, which included the most prominent and largest education programs in my country and area. Fallout! The principal had to beg the ministry to send them new teachers, as quite a few of us left at the end of last year. Most of the poor English teachers she did get contacted me via mutual friends and colleagues, Asking me for help getting new positions as the work environment has only gotten worse, a request to which I gladly obliged. The complaint itself didn't impact the principal professionally, but she'll have a pretty difficult time filling positions for the next few years. A few colleagues from that school will join me next year as they kept calling me to vent about the worsening conditions there, so I just told them to send me their CVs, which my coordinator was more than happy to receive. As for me, I found a wonderful school outside of my city where I could rediscover my love of teaching. Not only have I found a place where I feel good, but I have also found a second job. I now teach at my local college, where the hourly rate is five times my school salary. I've also found the courage to start something I always wanted to do, move to another country, which I'm on track to do in 2024. Yeah, I don't know how much of this is OP tooting their own horn. I mean, you know, we're never as good as we think we are, but at the same time, we're never as bad as administration makes us out to be. When people make a hostile work environment because they're trying to make their numbers look good for, here in the U.S., it would be the local board of education, uh, higher-ups, whoever your supervisors are, um, so that you can move up in position to administration or a position on the board. So good for you for standing your ground and doing what you got to do. Never let anybody bully you into doing what they want to do even despite all the things that you're allowed to do in your position that's in your contract or whatever you signed. So, yep. If you want to tell me that I do nothing, I won't do anything except for what I'm paid to do. I've been at my job for three years. There has been changes in management. With that, there have been some things that my current manager has been told about me. They were lies. She's been grading on me and my mental health. I actually left because of her for a few months. I did end up coming back due to some unforeseen circumstances. Everything was fine until recently. Her boss, which is her best friend, has treated me poorly because I was, in her eyes, slacking and screwing around. To be honest, I'm not the quickest person. All that's due to my visual impairments that I have. Now backtrack a few weeks. Her boss kept giving us lists to complete for cleaning because our third party inspector was coming in. The crew I was working with and myself finished. Then she bolts in the store screaming that I wasn't doing anything besides sitting and she watched me on camera not doing my job as an employee and just cleaned. Q malicious compliance. I've only been doing my job as an employee for the store and a couple days ago the inspector came in on my day off and we didn't do very well. The day after I was yelled at for not cleaning. Then I apologized and said, oh sorry, I was just doing my job that I was told to do. Let's just say that neither my manager nor her boss was happy about my actions. I think every job has a certain amount of going above and beyond what your actual contracted job duties are. There's always some things that come up that you need to deal with. I understand some bosses can be a pain in the ass and, you know, act like you're doing nothing right and all that stuff. Uh, At the same time, if you do only what you're contracted for, I don't know, maybe it was the fault of the person that like wrote the contracts and had you sign them. There's always that, but at the same time, I feel like there needs to be certain things that, you know, not every little thing can be written down. It, it It's just not the way life works. Um, but, you know, if they're going to complain loud enough, then screw it. Yeah, give them whatever the contract says and nothing more. I get it. And I really hate when bosses are best friends with other bosses and so on and so on and so on. Then you get the ass kissers who, uh, yeah, just like to make trouble because... They don't even need the job half the time. They're just, they're just like the drama. So, eh, F those people. Started doing less work because my foreman made it clear he wanted quality over quantity. I was working in a metal fabrication shop and we were repairing a bunch of parts that came off the robot. Basically, there was quite a bit of work that went into each part. But there was about 12 inches of weld that the robot couldn't do that we had to do by hand. And they had to pass ultrasonic testing. So I was getting 10 parts done in the shift as well as 120 inches of weld, while the guy I was working with would get 2 parts done and 24 inches of weld. One Friday the foreman comes over and asks the other guy if he wanted to work Saturday, but not me. I asked if he could use my help too and he said no, I'd rather have guys working Saturday that can pass their UT's 100%. I pointed out that not only did I do 5 times the work, but I passed about 99% of the time. I would fail about 1 inch of well per 120 inches and I'd have it repaired and passed before the end of the shift. This still wasn't good enough and basically told me it doesn't matter since I'm still failing. So come Monday I only started completely finishing two parts a day and got my passing rate up to 100%. Foreman comes over frantically in the middle of the week trying to find out why my productivity has decreased so dramatically and I said sorry boss I was trying to work on my pass rate. His face got so effing red, it was hard to keep his straight face, but I started getting Saturday work after that. Yeah, that never made any sense to me. I, <laughs> I've worked at places like this where, you know, it's a production-based environment. I get it. But at the same time, if you look at the numbers, now, the, supposedly, they're only following numbers, and that was, that's what tells them, oh my god, they're failing 1%. Well, okay, but they're not looking at the other numbers, which show that you're getting like 10 times, 5 to 10 times the work done. Uh... <laughs> It just makes no sense, man. Nobody ever looks practically at the numbers or what's going on in reality out on the floor. And uh, that's where you end up getting screwed. So, you know, the guy was really doing quality work and quantity work. So now you get one, not both. Congratulations. You're going to berate me and tell me to get a new job? Fine. I quit. Since my last story garnered some attention, I thought I'd post this one as well. Back when I used to work at McDonald's, they would treat me so terribly. I would work extremely hard with very little gratitude. I was only on 13 Australian dollars an hour at 15 to 16 years old. But even so, I'd put my absolute all into what I did. I'd run stock, take orders over the headset while packing orders, done the front, down the front, I don't know, rush back up to the booth, cash the orders, etc., We were timed, and many times I would always be under the maximum limit, unless we were in a rush. I've been working there for about 9-10 to months at this point and slowly losing my sanity every single shift I did. The managers and staff were terrible, but the worst person was the store manager. She'd get angry at me for things that would be completely out of my control. If a customer changes their mind at the payment window, we need to get a manager to come in and give us a code to remove it from the screen. The managers would refuse to give us their codes to use during a rush, so they had to run up to my booth from the front to get rid of an item from the order. So many times I had customers change their minds at the window, and I'd ask over the headset for a code, and my store manager would scream at me from down the front, then walk up to my booth and berate me for making her user code saying, you need to learn to just take orders right, when it wouldn't even be my fault. She'd also scream at me if I accidentally brought down the wrong stock, or if I was too slow in getting stock. Usually, I'd be busy cashing cars and taking orders during the busy rushes. She would even make me come into work on days I requested off due to my hip dysplasia or other back problems playing up, and she would threaten me with getting fired if I didn't come into work, making me work through my pain, so I wouldn't get much time to myself that wasn't just laying in bed at home in pain. So, back to the story. After a very long 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. shift, I was up in the drive through booth at around 3.58 p.m., two minutes before my shift was over. We were dead as we usually were at that time, and I was just kicking around waiting for my shift to end. I got a text from my mom asking if I needed picking up from work, so I took out my phone and texted back a simple, yes please, and put my phone away. At this point, it's important to mention that there was a camera in the top right corner of my booth, so if a manager looked, they could see what I was doing. Not even a second after I put my phone away, my SM, shift manager, started to talk over the headset. Oh, store manager. Jazz. What are you doing right now? Me. Waiting for cars. Why? Store manager. That's not a good way to use your time. How about you get off your phone and do what I effing pay you to do? Or you can go get a different job. I was really upset. I started to cry but was holding in tears because I didn't want to be seen. She'd call me out over the headset. Where everyone else in the store who was wearing a headset, like everyone, could hear. To add some more clarity as to why I was so upset, there were three girls who were heavily favored and they would often just sit in the crew room for sometimes up to an hour on their phones, and no one said anything to them. They were terrible workers too, but since they were favored, they got the best treatment. When it was time to clock off, I just left and started bawling my eyes out because of the embarrassment. I worked my butt off with no gratitude for months, but the second I text two words to my mom, I get scorned. My mom was worried and very angry. This is where my malicious compliance comes in. When I got home, I remembered what she said about finding a different job. So I wrote a very lovely email to the shift manager that went like this. Hi shift manager, I've decided after a lot of thought that I will be resigning from my casual position, effective immediately. I've had a few experiences over the past few months that haven't been very positive and I believe the best option for me is to resign. I appreciate and thank you for all the opportunities you've given me over the past year or so. Thanks heaps, jazz. 10 minutes later, I got three phone calls from the store manager, but I wouldn't pick up. Then the shift manager, and I also didn't pick up. I was absolutely fuming, so I did what she asked me to do. I found a new job. I was told by my best friend who was working at the same store that the store manager had been going around saying I called her terrible things and that I was a horrible little brat who wouldn't listen to her rules. I laughed and said, well, it's a good thing I'm not working there anymore then. While on my job hunt around two weeks later, I got a call from the shift manager saying that the store manager had been relocated, but later fired due to a staff complaint and wanted to know if I'd come back because of how good a staff member I was. Due to the lack of work at the time and needing money for teenager things, I went back and did the worst job I possibly could. Basically just screwing everyone around and being lazy POS. Edit. This was because I'd been called and asked to come back with promises that things had changed and the new store manager would be better. Being 16, I fell for the corporate talk and I went back, which resulted in them treating me even worse and even refused to give me the day off for my grandma's funeral. They screwed me around, so I screwed them around in return while looking for a new job. Then I quit again two months later for my current job at a Mexican place. The best part was that I put the store manager down as a reference and when my employer contacted her about me, she hung up the phone on them. So I explained what happened and we all laughed and I got the job. F McDonald's. I know in most places here in the US, if you put somebody down as a reference and they get a phone call asking about you as an former employee or whatever they really can't say too much they can say that you work for them and they might even be able to say how long you worked for them but they really can't say anything positive or negative about you uh without fear of a lawsuit so yeah i find that a lot of management in fast food places like mcdonald's burger king pizza Hut, whatever tend to be people who have um they're on a power trip. They they can't find any other place to have power in their life. So when they're at work, they like to be the boss and, you know, hammer down and just, you know, kick the snot out of everybody and make them feel like crap. Um, you know, these people are only getting paid a certain amount. Some of them are getting overpaid, let's be honest. But some of them are definitely underpaid for the effort that they put in and the caring of the job and their loyalty to the store. And, you know, if a manager can't see the difference and understand the difference between the two types of employees, then... uh. Yeah, it's just a bad system all the way around. All right, guys. Hope you had a great Christmas. Got to spend some time with family, maybe. um, And hopefully we're back on track now. I've gotten one video done (laughs) for the tech support channel, one video done for this channel. So we're off to a good start. And uh, let's see how things go. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.